Zeus Sports Podcast, presented by the Columbia Daily Tribune. Hello and welcome back to the Mizzou Sports Podcast, my spot Columbia Daily Tribune. Uh, I'm your host, Cameron T. Robinson here with me, Garrett Hodge, our sports editor. Um, it's NFL draft time. Also, a, a disclaimer, it's really cold in this podcast room, so if you hear like teeth clattering on like, like on the, by the mic, I'm really cold. I'm like shivering in here right now. It's got progressively more cold in the office. Yeah, like it's just an icebox in the sports department right now, and it's made its way over to the podcast room. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the deal is. I tried to come in here and turn the heat on because um, that thing makes a lot of noise. I tried to turn the heat on earlier uh, and then close the door so it would stay warm, but it didn't work. So. We have heat in here. I thought yeah, this, this thing was right. just for show. No, it's right. It works, but. It's not very good, I guess. You have it um, um, as warm as it can get, and it, obviously it's not making a lot of difference. Yeah, so it's freezing in here. So, um, But yeah, just, just letting you guys know, it's really cold. So, so if you're... Um, yeah. I can't sh- make teeth chattering noises. But. Yeah, but you might. Um, so, but it's NFL draft time. Obviously, the NFL draft kicks off tomorrow with the first round. Uh, second and third round will be, what's today, for Friday. And the fourth through seven rounds will be on Saturday, as long as, as well as undrafted undrafted players and things of that nature. Um, Mizzou has a host of players who are, are, well, I guess the players to watch for this weekend. Obviously, the big name is Drew Locke, who's expected to go in the first round. Um, we'll talk more about Drew in a minute. Um, but there also are Emmanuel Hall, Terry Beckner Jr., Therese Hall, Paul Adams, Demaria Crockett, Corey Fatoni, Kendall Blanton. Um, lots of names to watch. Um, Matt, I think a few of them will probably be undrafted free agents. Um, they're, I guess their mock draft is really all over the board. Um, outside of Drew, I guess the only person who, um, they'll, one, of, one, one of only a few other Mizzou players that I guess would say you would guarantee getting drafted is Emmanuel Hall. I think he's either second day or early third day type of a player. Um, I would guess second day. Yeah. I could see him fall into the fourth round just because of injury history. Yep. Um, but, I mean, he he blew it away at the combine and pro days, and he had a really good senior year as well. So Teams love speed. Yeah. So, you can ne- as wide receiver, you can never have too much speed. So, I'd expect Emmanuel Hall to get drafted. Um, you're looking at Therese Hall. Maybe he gets drafted late, maybe seventh round, undrafted. Um, Terry Beckner, who, who came back to Missouri hoping to up his draft stock even more, um, had a fairly decent year. wasn't really didn't really stand out, but had a pretty good year for Mizzou. But didn't really jump up up the draft boards. Um, R.J. White from CBS Sports has him going in the sixth round to Cleveland. Um, Chad Reuter of NFL.com has him undrafted. I used R.J. White and Chad Reuter specifically because they did seven round mock drafts, and it was easier. You could go team by team. So this is all going going to be in a story in the Tribune tomorrow. Um, but um, but yeah, so there's a host of other guys to watch for. Um, would it be interesting to just see where they go? I think if you're looking for Paul Adams, um, Demari Crockett, Corey Fatoni, Kendall Bland, with the other names that I didn't mention, I think they're late round guys. Um, I don't think Corey Fatoni gets drafted just because punters often are either late or not drafted, not because Corey Fatoni he will end up on a roster somewhere. Um, I don't think Demari 
Crockett gets drafted, he'll, but I think he'll end up on a roster somewhere similar to Kendall Blanton as well. Maybe the best punter in the nation gets drafted every year. Yeah, that's exactly. About it. Yeah, so it's just really hard for punters to get drafted because it's not really – people. teams don't look at it as a necessity to waste a draft gone because you can always find a bunch of them in free agency. That, and they never get hurt, so they exactly. have nice, long 20-year careers, the yeah. good ones at least. Right. So so those are a lot of other names to watch out for. Um, but I guess for us right now, obviously the big talk is Drew Locke. Um, came back to Missouri. Sorry, that wasn't uh, cold. That was just I just had to burp a little bit. So, so we're uh, running into all sorts of uh, problems here. Yeah. So, but Drew Lock came back. Uh, non was starting last January, um, and for his senior year, the all the talk was that Drew has a chance to really to work himself into a first round pick, um, and he really did that. It had a really strong senior year through for her. Nearly 3,500 yards, 28 touchdowns, and eight interceptions um, showed not only his arm power, but his, he, I guess he grew a lot as a passer, a lot of different th- things in Derek Dooley's offense that he had to learn, and then cu- cut down on his interceptions as well. Um, so, yeah, I think he's, I mean, obviously, he, I think he's for sure a first round pick. It's just a matter of where do you rank the top four quarterbacks? If Kyler Murray, uh, Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke, and then Dukes. Duke's Daniel Jones, who I feel like we should just an ode to former Tribune reporter Daniel Jones, but that's the last time I'll ever say that. I was about to say you would get so mad yeah, anytime, like, like when Daniel Jones. Yeah, but he's did not. Anything he's not here good, now, so anything I can't, good on the football. Field, I can't see him smile. And Danny and would just smile and go, "Oh, you're you're darn right. I yeah, did something." But he's good. not here to be annoying about it now, so I can say it. He's not here to smile and and be cocky about it. He's well, probably not even going to listen to this podcast. So and anytime, even. I egged it on a little bit just because I wanted to see Cam's face. Sometimes it's just a, it was just annoying because Danny, you could see Danny's face and he much loved it. Now he does; he's not here, so I can't see how much he loves it. So it's fine. He's also probably not listening to the podcast, so it works. Um, but I know people probably miss Danny, so I figured I'd give him that little shout out. Um, but yeah, so those are the four quarterbacks. Um, I don't know, Garrett, you have an order of how you would rank them, um, but I think that's essentially, I guess, the the solidified top four quarterbacks for this year's draft. Ah, in order how I'd rank them. Interesting. Um, I think uh, Murray has the highest ceiling out of any of them, but I also think he has the uh, lowest floor of any of them, too, just because of his height. Um, Some disrespect short quarterbacks. I'm sorry. Baker Mayfield. Russell Wilson. All all right, but I'm just saying that they don't always have happy endings. Yeah. There's Baker. also short quarterbacks named Rex Grossman that do not have happy endings. Wasn't as down as Baker Mayfield. He was not, but that's a different story. Um, I'd probably put Haskins too, um, and I'd probably put Lock three over uh, Daniel Jones. Sorry, Danny. Yeah, that that that's how I would I would do him as well. Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, Drew Lock, and then Daniel Jones. The the rumor going around, and obviously NFL draft rumors could also be a lot of smoke screens um, to get people to trade up and do different things, but the rumor is that the Giants want Daniel jo- Daniel Jones at whatever pick they have. I think it's 12? 17. Seven. You sure the Giants are that late? Um, well, they, they pick at 6 and they pick that's, at 17. That's what too. I was looking at. One of the early picks, um, but it depends on depending on what the other quarterbacks are like on the board. But well, a lot of people have Daniel Jones going to the Giants at number 17 okay. on their mock. Well, yeah, that's the rumor that the that the Giants do want Daniel Jones. Um, so whether that what that means for Drew, I guess you'll be, I guess we'll see. But um, again, like this this story is going to be in the Tribune. I looked at a bunch of mock drafts uh, today, um, and Drew Locke's, I guess, pred- predictions project projections for Drew Locke goes 
just vary a lot. Um, you have him as high as number two, according to Chad Ruder of NFL.com. To I the, still can't believe that. To the Raiders, who will trade up from uh, trade up to two to take San Francisco's pick. And then you also have him as low as 32, according to Ryan Wilson of CBS Sports. I also um, to the, that one. To the Broncos, who trade to take New England's pick. Um, then you, I mean, then around there you have a lot of people having 10 to the Broncos. Um, Rhett Lewis, Venlo.com has him 27 to the Raiders. Um, I think you have you have one pick of him, number thirty to the Green Bay Packers. Um, John Clayton has him number fifteen to the Redskins. WalterFootball.com has him number eleven to the Bengals. Um, Sports Illustrated, Kalen Kaler has him number four to the Raiders. Um, and then Bleacher Report and also um, uh, ESPN's Mel Kiper and Tom McShay. Their draft, their mock draft was a little different because they alternated picks, um, but they both Zach Buckley and the ESPN mock draft have him number thirteen to the Dolphins. So you have a lot of variety of where he might be in terms of draft positioning, but I think it's very obvious that the there's a one common theme in a lot of draft mock drafts, and it's that Denver loves Drew Locke. They do. Um, I've heard some reports that their interest has cooled on him, but again, never believe anything you yeah, hear this, around, yeah. this last week and a half. I mean, we've known Cameron and I, I mean, anyone that covered the Mizzou beat, I should say, that... Denver's been in on him since November when they came to watch him the last home game right. of the year and then scouted him a lot more at the Senior Bowl. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think Denver would be a good spot for him, especially because he'd get to sit for a little bit behind Joe Flacco. Um, the question I wanted to ask you about Drew Locke is two, two-part two question. One, where do you think he will get drafted? And two, where is the best spot for him to go? Yeah, so I actually mentioned this in the, sto- in the story. Um, I think I do think he's going to land in Denver wherever that happens is gonna it's weird i think i think i think he's gonna either land in denver or um there's i guess there's three three spots for me one if i would rank him and go denver washington miami because washington miami badly need quarterbacks um and i don't know that they could wait later to get a quarterback i mean washington obviously have Cole mccoy and case keenum but neither of those two are winning you a lot of football games miami they need a quarterback, but there's been rumors that Miami's tanking this year, so they could take they could take Tua or uh, Justin. The, yeah, yep. yeah. The so quarterback. yeah, the Oregon quarterback. So I think those those are two spots you could look for. Um, but in, in my story, I mentioned a few places that I think would be almost ideal. I think the best spot for Drew is San Diego. I was gonna say that. Um, sit I mean, behind a year you, you could sit Phil behind Phil Rivers for a little bit. Then you get you get literally are handed the keys to the car with. With Melvin Gordon and a lot, a lot of weapons outside, a, ta- a very talented team that got to the AFC division around this the past year. The only thing is, I don't think the San Diego Chargers are drafting a quarterback in the first round. Um, I mean, I, I think I, unless they're looking for the future, but when you get to the AFC division around, you're usually trying to draft somebody to help you right now. Um, so I don't think he gets drafted there, but I think that's the ideal situation. Either that, or you sit behind Aaron Rodgers for a little bit. I actually think okay. So before before I go into that, I'll add a three parter to that. Where is the worst spot that lot could end up? Uh, Miami. Miami. They have no talent. It's that's that's a really tough spot because he's going to be thrown in right away. Um, and I don't think they have a lot. Of, either there or Washington, I'd say one of those two places. But they just Miami just seems like they are in total tank mode. Um, and you to throw a rookie quarterback into that right away, um, that would be really really tough. I, w- I was going to say uh, Miami would be the worst spot for him, but I also think their percentage of taking him is very low. So number two on my list would actually kind of be a surprising one, Green Bay, because, I mean, Alex Smith, 
great guy, mentored Patrick Mahomes, took it like a pro. I cannot see Aaron Rodgers just being happy that a new guy's coming. Well, you no one ever saw Brett Favre being happy that a new guy just got picked. Yeah, but and still. things worked out for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers makes that team look far better than they are, especially with the talent around them right now. I know they have Devontae Adams. I know you're yeah, going to say he won you a fantasy football game. Right, but there's the, there's the whole aspect but, of you get to sit behind a Hall of Famer and learn how the NFL works from a Hall of Famer, who's arguably the, the most talented quarterback in the, in the league right now. And I don't say that. I take away arguably. He's the most talented quarterback in the in NFL right now. You're just disrespecting Baker like it's that? It's fine. It's, it's the truth. But – um, I I don't know. I I think of it as that's a pretty good spot just because of what you get to learn from and who you get to be around. Um, I think that's that knowledge is better than a lot of things that other places that ending get up sit. in Miami or yeah, one hundred percent or Washington are being thrown in right away. Um, Denver wouldn't be a bad spot, but they don't have it that much. And learning behind Joe Flacco isn't a ton, but again, at least you get to sit and learn and see how things go. But I'd much rather if I'm sitting sitting a year, I'd much rather want to learn from Aaron Rodgers. I can't remember who Denver's offensive coordinator is. I know they hired Vic Fangio, but I can't remember who their offensive coordinator is because they need an offensive-minded guy to yeah. lead that team. Yeah. So I guess I'll have to research that tonight yeah. in preparation, if he, especially if he ends up there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of spots that, I mean, I have mentioned in the story, the Broncos, Packers, Redskins, Bengals, Raiders, Dolphins, Giants, Chargers. Speaking of a spot that might not be too bad, the Bengals might not be a bad spot. Their defense is real bad, like real, real bad. But I don't know if the Cincinnati is really too like fo- like locked in on Andy Dalton because he has. I mean, you have AJ Green, John Ross, um, Joe Mixon. Like you have talent around him. That would him. probably be a spot where, similar to Denver, he could easily be starting by week five. But and, the talent that's around him, like you said, AJ Green. Joe yeah, Mixon, I mean that's like, perfect. It's the cupboard isn't empty like it is yeah, in Miami. That's great. I mean, you're looking. I mean. That's a lot. That's that's a lot of weapons around you. But again, the Bengals aren't going to be very good this year. But still, it's a, that's that's a spot where you got a lot of weapons around you. Um, the one that always confused me was this Oakland Raiders pick. I don't understand why um, they didn't take him. Yeah, I mean, I think they're pretty set on Derek Carr for at least for now. Um, and I know they worked out all those all the top quarterback prospects. But unless you find a quarterback that you think has a better upside than Derek Carr, with all the money they just threw at him, I just it find it, I find it weird that like. They would take him number. They trade up to number two to take Drew Locke. I would think logically they build around their defense, or they get a dynamic playmaker on offense that's a non QB, and then next year's draft because I assume they're going to be at least pretty bad again. Yeah, and then next year's draft going into the Vegas year. Yeah, you do something flashy like take Tua or take right, Justin. But, right, but the wild card here is John Gruden, and yeah. nobody knows what that guy's going to do. I don't think they want to. I think they're in a win now mentality, even though they don't have a ton of talent. I mean, the Antonio Brown splash is obvious, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. It's interesting. I think I would think you would give Drew, uh, not Drew Lock, uh, Derek Carr and Antonio Brown one year together and see how it works before you go trying to find a quarterback, um, especially with the quarterback talent coming out next year. That's the one of all, of all these. That's the one that like makes me scratch my head. I'm like, I don't really understand. I mean, that. I would usually say no way but i mean john gruden's kind of a wild card yeah, yeah. no one knows what that guy's true up to. true so so yeah i mean we'll be watching to see where drew goes there's a lot of spots where he could be um i mean man he's been just all over the all over the mock draft board. i think mel kuyper said it was either yesterday or two days ago that like in his opinion 
Drew's ceiling is number 10 to Denver, and his floor is number 28 in San Diego. Yeah. So, which is a huge disparity. Yeah, I think he'll, he'll be somewhere in the middle of the first round. I don't think you'll see him as early as two or four, um, but I think you'll see him somewhere between that 10 and 28 spot. Um, and like I said, I think it's going to be Denver. This is from a not – I haven't talked to anyone in Denver about what they want. This is my total guess that I think just because of everything that, we, that we've seen and we've heard and um, how much people seem to just focus on Denver when it comes to Drew Locke, I think that's just my out-of-the-blue guess. So so is it going to be Denver at number 10 or is it going to oh, be – Oh, I don't know. It could be Denver anywhere. These people have Denver trading all over the draft, so – I don't know. It'd be Denver somewhere, I think. All right. You're just going to limit it to Denver yeah, somewhere. somewhere. Yeah, I don't okay. know. The NFL draft's a lot different to me than the NBA draft because there's, there's obviously there's so many more picks, That's so there's so many more trades in the first round um, or just throughout the draft. So I don't know. These people could tra- trade all over the back and forth. So I have no clue. But I think he'll judge by Denver somewhere. I, I wonder. always wonder with like high picks like him, what's more important to him, like going higher and thus more money or getting in a better situation just, like San Diego. I would always just want to be in a better situation. Like, I get the money, but, like, if you're in a pretty good situation, you have a chance to win, make a lot of money. Similar, and they're going to tie this back to the NBA draft. When Mike got drafted, the, when the, right before the NBA draft, the whole thing was like, there's a report that Mike's going to drop because of his back, which, at that point, you're like, man, that kind of sucks. You're going to lose out on a lot of money, but you're most likely going to get in a better position. I think Mike got the dream situation. I mean, you're talking about... I mean, he no, you don't want to sit out a year, but he's going to on a Denver team that whenever, if ever, the Warriors break up, Denver is set to take over the West. They have so much youth, so much talent, um, and you add in a scoring talent like Michael Porter Jr., if he reaches anywhere near his potential, that's a perfect situation for both Denver and him. Um, so, I don't know. I always I always think situation, because then you can earn the money by being in a, in a really good spot. Right. If you're good with talent around you, you can make a lot of money like Patrick Mahomes will in here. Wow. So, you're saying Patrick Mahomes isn't good by himself? That is not what I said. That's what it sounded like. That is. I just said that he's going to make a lot of money next year, especially because he has a nice offensive cast around him. Maybe if he wasn't on the Chiefs, he only would have thrown for 40 touchdowns instead of 50. Okay. This is okay. Um, uh, but yeah, Jones is about to murder me. Yeah. Yeah. That. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what we're thinking on drew where he might go, where he might be. Um, and like I said, Emmanuel Hall, Terry Beckner, Jr. Therese Hall, um, Paul Adams, Mario Crockett, Corey Petoni and Kendall Blanton will all be trying to find out where they're going to be. I think you're looking at second, third day for those guys as well. Um, I think most of them will probably make a roster. It's really, if you have I, the NFL draft is weird because, there's seven rounds, and then there's so many guys who make undrafted free agent spots and just make teams to try to make a roster. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, the talent of these guys, I think all of them will end up on a roster somewhere. I think Demario's situation will be the most interesting because he's had injury problems the last two years. Yeah. And if he has a good camp, I could see him easily making a 53-man roster. Yeah. But yeah. if he, you know, gets hurt early in camp, he's probably done. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I find Therese Hall pretty interesting as well because um, Therese Hall is like an energy, emotion guy. Um those guys usually do well in football. They do. I, I find it hard to believe Therese Hall won't find his way on a 53-man roster somewhere because he he's just physical energy guy. Like, he just doesn't stop playing at any moment. If he doesn't, I don't know if he wants to go in the CFL or not. There's definitely a spot for him if he does. Yeah. But if he doesn't, I think he would make a hell of a coach. Yeah. yeah. Like, I would run through a brick wall for that guy if he was yeah. trying to fire me up. Yeah. Yeah, Therese Hall's great. Um, and then um, – 
yeah, so you so that that that's kind of where we're at right now. We'll know more as the week as the week comes on, and we'll obviously have a lot of coverage of it in the Columbia Daily Tribune. You can read that on ColumbiaTribune.com or follow us on Twitter. My Twitter is at CJ underscore Teague. Garrick's is at Garrick underscore Hodge. Yes, underscore yes. Hodge. I, I just I could, wanted to see you struggle. I couldn't remember that. if there's an underscore or not. Uh, at Garrick underscore Hodge. Tease, on Friday, I won't reveal who, but I will be talking to a former quarterback in the NFL who did not pan out what his advice is for Drew Locke, so I will have that story. Yes, yeah, so, so Drew, and if you listen to this podcast, which do I'm sure you do are, yeah, do not do what that quarterback says. Um, so yeah, um, that is, I don't know, Garrick, do you have anything else you want to add about the NFL draft? Uh, just that it's a total crapshoot, and you know as much as we do. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you can read. I'm kind of doing a primer on where people might go for tomorrow's Ink Tomorrow's Tribune. You can read that either in the Tribune and online. And then, like I said, read, follow all our work in the Trib this week, this weekend. Um, that's it for our draft talk. We have some more Mizzou talk, a little bit of basketball, a little bit of baseball and softball coming. Not much going on right now. Um, a little bit of recruiting news. Eric Williams Jr., the Duquesne transfer from Missouri. Was that was that pretty after pretty hard um, after he had his visit during his visit to Oregon? I think he cut his list to two, which is Missouri and Oregon. And right after his Oregon visit, he committed to Oregon. Um, so he must have been blown away by his visit with Dana Allman out there in Eugene. So um, so Missouri now is on a recruiting again. That was the guy that most of us knew about. So we don't know where they're going now. I know they're looking at Kobe Brown, who was a Texas A and M um, commit, decommitted when um, Billy Kennedy got fired. Mizzou was after him pretty hard. He's from from Alabama. Mizzou was after him pretty hard before that. I know they're going to be at, they're after him now as well. Um, so that's pretty much all we know recruiting wise. Um, on the flip side, of t- terms of the roster, uh, John T. Porter. For, we now know officially came out Friday, I believe. I was at softball, so Friday. Um, John T. Porter is, is head to the draft. He will sign an agent. Um, this year, though, according to NCAA, the new NCAA rules, you can sign an agent and still return to Missouri. We don't expect Jonte to come back. Is from everything I've heard. Um, we expect Jonte to stay in the draft. Um, I'd give it a one percent chance he comes back. Yeah, I, yeah, it's very slim. Um, but I, from everything I've heard, we expect him to stay in the stay in the NBA draft um, and see where he can go from there. Um, but so yeah, that's about it. Again, we'll keep up with Mizzou basketball recruiting. But right now, there's really just not much going on there. Um, my Tillman is still in the NBA draft from everything we've heard. Um, he has until the 29th to officially withdraw. Again, from everything we've heard, we expect Jeremiah Tillman to also withdraw from the draft at some point um, and come back to Missouri for his junior year. Also put it at a 1% chance that he stays in the yeah, NBA Yeah, that's draft. fair. That's fair. That's fair. So, um, yeah, um, baseball, um, they beat Missouri State yesterday. 6-2. to two. Yesterday used a bunch being, of uh, bullpen arms, five of them, Yeah, which is uh, usually not a good thing um, in baseball terms if you have a what's called a bullpen day. But um, – I guess they wanted to save their arms for the big weekend series at South Carolina. Used uh, five guys and uh, mowed down Missouri State until the ninth inning. They scored two, uh, um, I guess, insurance runs. Not insurance. That's not the right word to use. Uh, worthless runs. Yes, worthless yeah. runs. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no. Um, it was a nice bounce back win after a, a three-game sweep that uh, Georgia bestowed on them. Um they, according to D1Baseball.com, if the season ended today, they'd still be in the NCAA Regional, which would be their first appearance there since 2012. Um, this weekend series is going to be big. South Carolina is a team below them in the standings. I think they need to either win the series at the very least or sweep. Uh, they're 14-3 and at home, played very well, so very possible for them to do that. Um, also, uh, 
we'll be writing a column on Missouri's baseball attendance. Um, talk to Beezer and Cameron Miser a little bit. That they could downplayed it a little bit, but you know you can tell that uh, their energy is a uh, lot higher when they play in front of a big crowd when they go on the road and see all these ten thousand fans yeah, just screaming come, at come them. Come here, and there's three thousand, not even three thousand people, and they probably are enduring the same weather that we are in yeah. the Tribune with that uh, wind, wind, yeah, yeah, on the hill, yeah. Um, also, Zoo Softball is playing, still playing well. Um, they had, they picked up, they swept Texas A&M, which is the worst team in the SEC this past weekend. Um, and then picked up two game win, two doubleheader wins against SEMO um, Tuesday. Um, they will go to Mississippi State this weekend. Um, they're sitting pretty. I mean, I think they're they're pretty safely in the regional. Um, they're actually at the top in the top half of the SEC standings, which no one expected them to be this year. Um, they're predicted to be last in the SEC, um, so they're continuing to play pretty well. Um, I'll have a story coming out this weekend at some point um, on Missouri's hitting coach Chris Malvo um, and kind of what he's been doing to transform Missouri's hitters. Um, their hitting stats aren't incredibly crazy like they're, they're still in the middle of the pack of the SEC much like they were last year but they've already scored more runs in the SEC this year than they did last year the second percentage is up um and they're just hitting the ball harder Jasmine Rowland hit a shot yesterday in the doubleheader I showed up in the bottom of the sixth inning because I was only going to be there for the second game I walked into the press box just as just as this pitch came away and Jasmine Rowland hit this ball so far like I you couldn't it was so high you it went over the press box I couldn't even see it anymore she was happy to see you yeah she cracked that ball um so yeah so that'd be an interesting story as well in Tribune this weekend I think that's always the best part of watching a baseball or softball game when a hitter just runs oh, into just, one yeah, and it just, it just cracks I mean it. Cameron Meisner has hit one like 458 feet this year which yeah. is unheard of for a college player yeah I talked how, how did uh, Jasmine Rowland have a distance on that? Did I don't know. I, I don't know. It's probably no. They didn't do a distance. But I talked to Chris Malville just like hanging around the locker room afterwards, and he said that that's about as far as a a softball player can hit a ball in terms of mechanics and getting everything behind it. He was like, she absolutely ripped that ball, and she's had a really good freshman year. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's been pretty good for Missouri's Diamond teams. Both were picked last, and uh, yeah, and to it's finish last really interesting because they're in, when the all the sanctions came out, you almost thought like, well, they're not going to make it, so they're going to use their postseason ban this year, and then not worry about not worry about next year. But like, they they're gonna ha- they're gonna have to like this appeal is going to stay, and they're gonna and if the sanctions hit, um, they're gonna have to think about next year. But I mean, both these teams are solidly in the postseason. Um, and have some pretty good uh, potential. I would think softball there. is pretty safely there. They're not in a lock yet, but they're pretty safe. I, I would I would almost put them as a lock. I mean, yeah. they were last in the SEC last year and still made that. All right, they're they're pretty yeah. close to a lock. Yeah. I I just don't feel comfortable putting them a lock, but they're unless, as close to a lock as you. Can yeah, be. unless she, unless they lose out every game the rest of the year, I would say they're virtually a lock. Baseball still has a lot of work to do, but yeah. they're in a really good spot. Yeah. So so yeah, uh, exciting spring. Um, for softball and baseball, um, Zoo Sports, um, Zoo will be starting their caravan, which is like kind of their trip around the state where they take different coaches and players um, in the coming weeks. Um, trying to see if there's anything else that we're missing. Um, I thought I could think of. Garrick, am I missing something? I don't think so. Okay. Um, well, yeah, that'll be it for us. Um, we got you right under a half hour this week. So and maybe that might even be a little bit. Actually, that might not be wrong. It might be like 25 minutes. So if you had a pretty short commute, got a little quick workout on, you're welcome. Um, we uh, filled the void to Jeff City. Yeah, yeah. So, 
But yeah, uh, subscribe where subscribe to the podcast wherever you get, listen to your podcast. Spotify, um, iTunes, iTunes. Obviously, that's always the preferred destination. Of course, I, I say SoundCloud on here a lot, but I don't know if we're actually. When on was SoundCloud. the last time anybody listened to a podcast on SoundCloud? Uh, I don't know, but I don't think we're, I listened to something on SoundCloud like a few days ago. Actually, it was a song, but. I don't know if we're actually on SoundCloud, so I'm not going to say that anymore. But Spotify, I know we're on, and Apple Podcasts as well. Um, write the podcast as well, five stars only, uh, if there's not five stars. Um, tweet Daniel Jones at Daniel underscore M underscore still Jones. Still using that line, he, he huh? still He still takes all the all the bad bad publicity. Um, no, really, just let us let us know if you think we... You could write it, obviously, comment however you like it. Um, and subscribe to the Tribune. Um, so ColumbiaTribune.com is where you can read all our work. Follow us on Twitter at CJ underscore Teague is my Twitter account at Garrick underscore Hodge is hey Garrick, you got Garrick's it you got, I got it I'm you ready. got through that pretty uh, yeah, flawlessly seamlessly yeah I'm ready I'm on it now uh, yeah thank you thank you guys for listening we haven't figured out a new outro yet but we're gonna figure that out here in the coming weeks I'll have, we'll have a new outro by next week so um, that's my promise to you all I know you guys miss miss the fun outro so um, we appreciate you guys for listening thanks. Subscribe to Mizzou's Sports Podcast at iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher.